Hello, my name is Tom Boone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. This week, Joe is taking a well-deserved break, so I'm joined by Lucas, Simple Flying's US lead. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me on the show this week. I'm actually joining you from the same side of the pond for the first time in four years, visiting Iberia this week. So for all of our Simple Flying audience, stay tuned with more on that. But today, Tom is going to touch on his favorite topic while I'll talk more about what Boeing and United held an event in Charleston at Boeing's 787 plant last week. I'll stick with Boeing, talking a little about a recent humanitarian aid flight before Lucas tells us about Air France's return to Newark. And finally, Tom will explore a special arrival in Frankfurt. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And I'm going to start by talking about my favorite thing, because as we know, this is partly Tom's A380 podcast these days. And what I want to talk about really was just how many carriers are due to fly the A380 next summer. Um, there's now 10 carriers with the addition of Abu Dhabi-based Etihad, who decided two weeks ago uh, that they're finally going to bring the A380 back to support the summer 2023 schedule. Um, so who is going to be flying the A380 next summer? Um, not China Southern, we know that much because they, uh, you know, they were the only people to keep flying the A380 right throughout the pandemic, and now they've got rid of it. Um, but we do have Al Nippon Airways in Japan with their small fleet of three that are only going to be flying to Honolulu and back. There's Asiana Airlines, British Airways, Emirates, Etihad, Korean Air, Lufthansa, Qantas, Qatar Airways, and Singapore Airlines. Now, I just want to talk a little bit more about um, Etihad with these numbers because. What was quite exciting was that we were just looking at the Etihad booking engine and our friends over at Sirium with their schedule data. And we've discovered that you can actually now buy tickets to fly on Etihad's A380. It's due to um, return to the skies on July 15th, um, as things currently stand. Obviously, that's still half a year away, so a lot can change before then. Um, but right now, the inaugural or re-inaugural A380 flight is scheduled to be uh, flight EY11 from Abu Dhabi to Heathrow on July 15th. It departs Abu Dhabi at 2.05 in the morning and arrives at Heathrow at 6.45. So that's um, really not a great flight to be too excited about flying on an A380 um, on because most people are going to be sleeping. But you get at least seven hours and 40 minutes on the flight. Whereas if you're coming back, you depart Heathrow at 9.30 on Etihad flight 12 and arrive in Abu Dhabi seven hours and 10 minutes later at 1940. Uh, so for the time being, the A380 is only scheduled to operate a single daily rotation in for the second half of July. But things get interesting from August because uh, from August onwards, the aircraft is going to be operating two rotations a day or the aircraft plural because uh, more than one will have to come back for that. It was quite exciting because I did look at fares and uh, you can actually already book uh, if you go in the Etihad booking website and search for EY11 on the 15th of July and moving forward into the year, it says this aircraft will be, uh, this flight will be operated by the A380 and you can book in economy, business and first class. But it seems for the time being that the residence isn't available to book. Um, I did have a quick play and I couldn't seem to find any way uh, to book it. And I also <laughs> did a lot of research on how you booked it before they got rid of the A380 and I couldn't find those uh, avenues open right now. Um, but, you know, back to the A380, um, it's 70% of carriers are now going to be flying it next summer. That excludes high fly. I'm not 
in counting them in the numbers because they only took a second-hand one. Um, so I'm counting that as a Singapore Airlines aircraft for the purposes of all of this. Um, of course, two airlines are never going to fly the type again. Air France, you know, they already decided before the pandemic, we're going to get rid of all of our A380s and the pandemic was just like, okay, we're going to get rid of them now. Um, and as I mentioned, China Southern also won't be flying the A380 with passengers again. Um, but, you know, there's still two aircraft that we haven't touched, uh, two airlines even that we haven't touched on yet. That's Malaysia Airlines and Thai Airways. It would appear that Malaysia Airlines has little interest in bringing the jet back soon, if at all, uh, because the Malaysian flag carrier's fleet has been sitting out the pandemic. And, um, you know, they did briefly try one as a Praetor, but it never really took off, um, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that again. I was told not to on the podcast. Um, but yeah, last year, the airline it actually looked to sell its A380s on LinkedIn, but it didn't seem to secure any deals to sell it. So now it's ferrying the giants to Europe for long-term storage. Finally, Thai Airways, all of their A380s are located in Thailand at the time of um, speaking and recording this. Uh, and they've not flown since the start of the pandemic. But multiple reports in mid-November suggested that the Thai flag carrier was considering bringing the giant of the skies back. So, you know, as always, we'll have to watch this space. But um, it's... Very exciting considering maybe even two years ago, it looked like we wouldn't even get four A380 carriers back, let alone 10. Um, but I wanted to, you know, briefly last week, I talked about United's big order uh, for the um, for some Boeing planes. But this week, I've decided to bring Lucas on to tell us a bit more about that as he was actually in Charleston to see the order signed. Take it away, Lucas. Now, before we actually talk about Boeing and United, I actually wanted to go back to the A380 really fast, Tom. And our listeners may know this, but you love the A380. You said this might as well be Tom's A380 podcast. Have you flown on one already? Have I flown on one? <laughs> I've flown on many. <laughs> what With what airlines? Um, British Airways and Emirates, to name a few. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I still am looking forward to the day that I get to fly on an A380. But back to Boeing and United now. So yes, as many of you may know, last week, United Airlines in the United States announced the largest wide-body aircraft order in history for up to 200 aircraft, all of mm. the Boeing 787 Dreamliner. Now, 100 of them are a firm order, and the other, uh, the other 100 are options. United did not specify the breakdown of variants for each aircraft, so we will have to stay tuned to United News and see what's going to happen there. But they hosted an event in Charleston at Boeing's 787 factory where uh, parts get flown in from all over the world. We had the chance to speak with Lisa Stahl, who's the director of quality for the 787 program in Charleston. And she told us that wings come in from Japan. The wide body comes in from Italy. And now I don't have this written down, but I believe the fuselage is made in the United States. I could be mistaken. And they are finally put together in Charleston. So... United had a 787-10, or the 78X, as many people would call it, parked right behind the stage as a backdrop with a MAX 8 that is currently in service and including Boeing's first non-prototype 737 MAX 10, which was on display for us to see. Unfortunately, we didn't get an inside look, but if any of our listeners on the podcast are wanting to see any more about what happened that day, uh, we did a live on Instagram. There is a recap on our stories of the day as well. And Tom did cover the news of the large aircraft order. Now, United did add that by 2030, all of the 767s in its fleet will be removed. 
And this is going to result in an expected 25% decrease in carbon emissions per seat. And it's also going to start removing its 777 aircraft, starting with the ones that have the Pratt & Whitney engine. In addition to the 787 orders, United also added another 100 of the Boeing 737 MAX aircraft and also did not specify which variant. So all in all, it was a historic day. It was incredible to be there. There were about there are about 5,000 of Boeing staff that work at the factory in Charleston, and many of them had the chance to take a break from work and witness the signing of the aircraft. And the mood in the factory was just absolutely incredible, both from uh, the airline who is recovering from the pandemic, as well as a manufacturer who is recovering from a pandemic and dealing with certification issues with the MAX 7 and MAX 10, which are not likely to be certified before the end of the year. So a lot happening with United. It was an exciting time and it was excellent to be there. But now I'll throw it back to you, Tom, because you have, uh, you're going to talk about Boeing's humanitarian aid. Well, before we do that, I just did want to quickly say, so um, it seems that United is very much going for the 787 as its wide body of the future. Um, can we? Do you think, in your opinion, we'll see any 777X orders maybe or some Airbus orders at some point? You know, that's interesting. And I forgot to mention that uh, a couple of us had the speculation and had the thought that there would be a 777X order and there nothing was announced. I believe that there will be being that United is leading the way and paving a lot of uh, next generation things here in the United States, I believe that there will be a 777X order in the future. As far as the A350, on a media call, which United hosted last week, uh, other journalists inquired about the, the A350. And as of right now, it stands that United's order is just pushed back until 2030. So we will have to see what happens with the A350s. Well, as we like to say on this podcast, let's wait and see. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, I wanted to briefly talk about um, Ethiopian Airlines. And I thought it was quite a good sort of warm story for the holiday season because Ethiopian Airlines and um, Boeing have made up after the terrible things that happened a few years back. And um you know, Boeing has actually partnered with Ethiopian Airlines for many years now um, when it's delivering new aircraft to fly them with humanitarian aid onto uh, to Ethiopia. And you might be wondering, what's this all about? But um, let's just stick with the basics right now. So the, the latest news is that 12,000 pounds of humanitarian aid were flown to Ethiopia in the past month. And this was across three Boeing 737 MAX aircraft that were delivered from um, the Everett and Seattle delivery centers. Um, when an airline takes delivery of a brand new aircraft, you know, it's almost always flown empty from the manufacturer to the customer. Uh, maybe you'll have some people on for the delivery flight, but it would never be um, operated as a sort of commercial flight. You know, even if British Airways, say, was taking a new A320neo from Toulouse to Heathrow, that's a route it operates. But, um, you know, it hasn't done the entry to service checks on the aircraft at that point. And also, you know, they would have to cancel the Heathrow to Toulouse because otherwise then you'd end up with another aircraft stuck in Toulouse unless you put on an extra flight. Um, but, you know, that's creating a massive tangent. But Let's go back to Ethiopian Airlines. So between November 24th and December 4th, three new Boeing 737 MAX 8 aircraft departed from the plane makers Washington facilities bound for their new home with Ethiopian. And what was interesting about these flights was that each aircraft was packed with medical and school supplies for those in need in the African nation. So four organizations had collected supplies to send out to Ethiopia. 
The Global Ethiopian Diaspora Action Group donated surgical gloves. Noble Humanitarian Missions donated surgical gloves. Open Hearts Big Dreams donated books and art supplies. And the Ethiopian Institute of Resilience and Climate Change donated clothing, gloves and bandages. And it's just, it's quite cool that these aircraft have been used to fly um, the aid out to Ethiopia because, you know, they would just be flying empty otherwise. And if you're going to put something on there, why not? be part of a good cause. Um, so with the delivery of these aircraft, um, the uh, Ethiopian Airlines has taken seven maxes since ungrounding the type and its total fleet size is now 11 aircraft. So the ones that were delivered were Echo Tango Alpha Whiskey Foxtrot on November 24th, Echo Tango Alpha Whiskey Golf on November 28th, and Echo Tango Alpha Zulu Oscar on December 4th. Um, but, you know, I'm talking about it as if it's major news. I mean, I don't think it's big news, but I think it's it's important and um, to make sure that people know about it. And it's quite a nice story for the holiday season, but um, it's definitely not the first flight. So um, Ethiopian Airlines Group CEO uh, Mesfin Taz Tazer, and I've probably butchered that name, so apologies right now, but he remarked that this was the 43rd humanitarian delivery flight that Ethiopian Airlines had partnered with Boeing for. But, you know, we've seen it with other airlines across the globe as well. For example, in Uzbekistan Airways 787 was delivered carrying hospital beds, mattresses and wheelchairs to its home country. And I looked at a couple of the numbers and since launching the humanitarian delivery flight program back in 1992, more than 1.7 million tons of aid have been carried. And this has been across more than 200 flights with many different airlines from uh, perhaps poorer regions of the world or um, places that need this aid. And, you know, it's not just... Um, it's not just delivery flights as well. We have seen before, right at the peak of the pandemic, the Dreamlifter, uh, when it wasn't carrying new, um, I guess, Boeing 787 parts to Charleston, um, it was carrying just packed full of masks to um, different parts of the US. Um, but yeah, that was my sort of feel-good um, story for the week. And, you know, we usually put that in last place, but hey, let's do it in the middle of the podcast this week. But, you know, staying on the US theme, um, tell me what's going down at Newark, Lucas. So last week, Simple Flying was invited to Newark Liberty International Airport by Air France because for the first time since 2012, a Air France scheduled flight landed in Newark. Now, it was a pretty historic moment for them, obviously, first time in 10 years but I actually got the chance to sit down with one of their senior vice presidents, Eric Caron, and got to chat with him a little bit about why Newark, why today, you know, just why add the route now. And one of the most interesting facts was, was actually that the airline, when analyzing its bookings between New York and Paris, realized that 25% of those bookings went on to India. So quite a large percentage. And over on the New Jersey side of things, uh, for those of you that don't know, Newark is right on the other side of the river from Manhattan Island, uh, where New York City is and a lot of major airports in the area. But uh, a lot of people on the Newark side and a commute over to JFK can sometimes take two hours or longer. So now Air France opening up a route from Newark allows those customers in Jersey and even neighboring states, those who want to come up from Philadelphia, maybe uh, to have an option on the Jersey side. So they held a ceremony at the gate uh, once the aircraft came in and right before they were going to board the outbound flight. The event featured, as I said, uh, Eric Caron, the senior vice president and general manager was there. 
James Gill, general manager of the airport, was also there. And then Jeremy Robert, uh, the consul general of France in New York, was also present. Uh, passengers were able to grab Air France bag tags. There was some cake, uh, cake cutting ceremony, ribbon cutting ceremony. And we also got to chat with Eric and we asked him, so any new American markets on the horizon? And he told us that nothing could be specified, but that uh, they had recently, the Air France KLM group had recently opened routes from uh, Amsterdam to Austin and Dallas-Fort Worth in Paris as well. So there are three gateways in Texas for the airline group now. And that's the type of thing that they're looking to continue in the future. And though he did not specify a new destination, he did mention that the group is now looking at something on the West Coast of the United States. So pretty cool to be there for the event. We also got to check out the uh, Virgin Atlantic Clubhouse Lounge at the airport. So for our audience, you can stay tuned for a lounge review in the near future as well. And now to close it out, Tom has a uh, special arrival to tell us about that <laughs> happened in Frankfurt in the last couple of days. Yeah, not even the last couple of days. I think it was last night as we're recording this on Tuesday. So uh, Condor has finally welcomed its first Airbus A330neo to its fleet. Um, and this was following a minor collision in Toulouse last week. But we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, it was... Um, the aircraft was uh, Delta Alpha November Romeo Alpha, and it was due a couple of days earlier, actually. it uh, When it was being towed, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, it was uh, it suffered minor damage during a collision with the building. The wingtip clipped a hangar, I think, as it went around a corner. Um, but, you know, this aircraft is going to offer seating for 310 passengers. So it's got 30 in business, 64 in premium economy, and 216 in economy. Um, and what I quite like is I think but don't quote me on this but I believe it's the first new aircraft that's been delivered with uh, the beach towel livery if you want to keep it, call it that um, it's it's a green stripey um, monstrosity or um, if you like it not a monstrosity I think I'm kind of on team beach towel it's very marmite-esque though you know you either love it or you hate it um, I've only flown on the red beach towel livery so far but when I was out in Toulouse uh, earlier this year for the Flyaristan delivery. I saw this one taxiing around with without engines, so being pulled around rather. But, um, you know, the aircraft flew from Toulouse to Frankfurt, so it's not a particularly long flight. Lufthansa operates it with the A320 family, for example. And it touched down last night at 9.41 local time, so quite late. Um, you know, the, the 320 Neo, uh, 330neo is going to be used to phase out Boeing's um, the Boeing 767 fleet. So it's just like United, um, except with a different airplane, um, the new airplane. Uh, right now, the 67 fleet has an average age exceeding 28 years. Wow. Um, it's uh, going to get some more ca uh, capacity as well with these aircraft. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really not going to be sitting around for too long because... The first flights of the aircraft were already planned, I think, for um, last weekend, perhaps. Um, but, you know, Condor is very keen to get this this thing out as soon as it can on the routes that it was bought to fly. Um, clearly, you know, the damage delayed all of this and it wasn't great, but it can't have been that bad if the plane has now been delivered. Um, it completed its... Um, it's uh, acceptance flight last week already, I think. Um, 
you know, it was just literally the wing clip tip uh, clipped the very edge of a hanger as it was being towed. Uh, but, you know, they've repaired it and now it is flying again. So I'm excited to hopefully see the, the green stripes flying over past my window sometime soon. But, you know, I think that's all we've got time for on today's podcast. Thanks for having me on board today, Tom. I appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity. We hope that you enjoyed this episode for those of you that are listening and we welcome any feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.